Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Well, I'm just up here to talk about my friend for a minute and then uh, have him come up and minister. Um, I met Matthew Lilly. I'm not exactly sure when that meet moment happened, but we definitely knew of each other and were connected in various ways for some years. And I'm just so grateful. Um, you know, we, we had a chance to hang out and do dinner before this, and I was just telling him how grateful I am for his humility. Um, I really love anointed leaders, and Matthew's anointed. He, he really cares about the prayer movement. He carries a, just a very um, a mentoring role. I'm so appreciative of that. Um, but more than him being a servant and um, being anointed to do the work of the ministry, and he's, he's been a part of a, a number of different houses of prayer, he's humble. And I can receive from humble people all day long. And uh, I'm just really grateful for the, the role that, that Matthew plays in that. I mean, just to give you an idea, he's in town to do a really busy several days connected to everything that's been going on in Frisco and the Awaken the Dawn 10 out there and then the Generation Z you know, thing that was going on today. Uh, he's been a part of all that that's going on, and that's really the reason he was in town. But he came out this morning and did a prayer set here in this little room where nobody saw or cared except God. And uh, that's the kind of leader he is. He, he's that kind of guy. And uh, I just, I so appreciate how real deal you are. I mean, there's just so relatable, so humble. You're just going to like him. And so I'm just really grateful to be able to inter- introduce and invite up my friend, Matthew Lilly. Come on up, bro. <clears throat> hey, y'all. Oh, got a y'all in there. Threw that in there just for you guys. Texas. I'm from North Carolina, so it's it's still the South. (laughs) How are you guys? Good. It's awesome to be here. Thank you, Brad, for your kind words. Yeah. I don't you guys love Brad? Isn't he amazing? I want to honor him too. Uh, What what an incredible leader. And uh, Brad's Brad's been an encouragement to me now that we've gotten to know each other as friends over the years. But he was an encouragement to me even before that as I was leading houses of prayer in North Carolina going, what the heck am I doing? Who can help? And finding Brad's stuff online and uh, devouring a lot of it and uh, being encouraged. And now getting to be friends is is amazing. But uh, faithfulness, 17 years. Come on. Way to go, guys. Good job. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were coming up on 17 years, but that is amazing. And I know that you guys have so many awesome leaders and communicators in your community. And so it's an honor to be able to share with you guys tonight. Just some random dude from North Carolina. And so it's, it's really, really an honor. And Brad, I appreciate you inviting me in uh, to, to share tonight. So yeah, like he said, we, we just finished up a, a massive event in Frisco area. We have a, a big circus tent with Awaken the Dawn, and I'm going to share a little bit about what Awaken the Dawn is. But we set up this big circus tent, and we had about 60 hours of nonstop worship and prayer out in this tent uh, beside Ikea and the parking lot there. And uh, it was beautiful. A lot of young people, a lot of uh, teenagers, young adults were out there because today there was a big rally in an arena, Gingy for Jesus, um, that was happening today with Upper Room and a bunch of other people. But uh, yeah, we last night there was about a thousand people in the tent. 
Louis Engel is out there, and there's just a hunger uh, in Generation Z, in these young people, to really pursue the Lord yes. and uh, be encouraged. Be encouraged because God is really putting hunger in the hearts of the next generation. And uh, I know you guys, some of you are that, and then some of you are mo mothers and fathers to those people that are coming up right now. And so, yeah, God was touching people, filling them with, with filling young people with the Spirit, really touching people's hearts, healing people. There were there was amazing amazing things happening under the tent. Uh, even this past week. There were also some people going out prayer walking, especially around campuses, uh, high school and college campuses. There are people out prayer walking, ministering to people uh, all during the week too. So really cool, really cool stuff happening. So um, yeah, I wanted to just let you guys know who I am a little bit. Um, I think they have a photo of my family. Yes, so this is my wife and our four kids. Uh, my wife Shepard and Shiloh, Ariel, Zion, and Gabriel. And uh, we're in Eastern North Carolina, and uh, we've been there. We've been in North Carolina. I've been in North Carolina my whole life, and we're in the town of Greenville. They're amazing. I'm excited to go home tomorrow morning and see them after having been gone uh, th this past week. Uh, they're beautiful. So I've been a, a, a prayer missionary. Uh, I realized it's been like 15 years this month wow. uh, since I quit my quote unquote normal job <laughs> to do prayer full worship and ministry full time. And uh, I've been involved in helping give leadership to a couple different houses of prayer in North Carolina, one in Greenville, which is my hometown. Uh, and we had a small missions base there for about eight years and then the Lord sent us to the Raleigh Durham area ha had a small prayer room there that we led at our church and then right as COVID hit in 2020 God sent us back home to Greenville and uh, yeah so I, I never went but I never went to IHOP Kansas City or anything I don't know what I'm doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just felt like the Lord said to do it. And so I've been trying to figure this thing out, um, pursuing the Lord, trying to learn and go, uh, learn as I go, excuse me. And, uh, you know, started as a worship leader. I love to worship. Uh, I loved getting to do a set and just minister to the Lord this morning and, and just, just be in his presence and uh, love to do that. As I pursued God in worship, he began to break my heart for what breaks his as I began to get to know him in worship and intimacy. And then I suddenly found myself being an intercessor. <laughs> it's like, what is this? That's cool. So now I'm praying along with worship. And then God said, now get some other people to do it. And then I ended up a leader. And I was like, what am I doing? I didn't know I was a leader of anything. And, uh, and here we are 15 years later. So uh, it's been great. And uh, I... You know, I'm going to share a little bit about my journey tonight in the middle of leading houses of local houses of prayer in North Carolina. God started uh, stirring my heart to serve other communities and serve other people that were trying to pioneer places of his presence and pursue pursue the Lord through day and night worship and prayer. And so I've traveled some, done some podcasting, done some writing. I wrote a book. Um, last year, my first book on the topic of David's Tabernacle, awesome. How God's Presence Changes Everything is the subtitle. And yeah, served in some movements like Burn 24-7, now with Awaken the Dawn. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, I... 
I had my guitar was my check bag, so I only had a carry on. So I couldn't bring. I had like literally two books, and I just gave one to Brad. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're on Amazon and any pretty much anywhere you get book. There's an audio book, uh, Kindle. If you, you can also just go to davidstabernacle.com, and, and it's got all the links there. It's been translated into Spanish uh, and Portuguese. If that's relevant to any of you, there are a lot of people who speak Spanish in Texas. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I wore my Awaken the Dawn shirt. Brad, ba- Brad basically just told me to talk about myself and Awaken the Dawn. That's right. that's what I wanted. So, <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but that's like what I'm going to be doing. So, wore my ATD shirt, not to be cheesy, but just I was like, well, he said to talk about it. So now you'll remember ATD Awaken the Dawn. So it's a, it's a movement of worship, prayer, gospel proclamation. David Bradshaw is the founder of Awaken the Dawn. I'm going to share a little bit about our story. So I serve on staff with ATD. And then I also now, as of the beginning of this year, came on part-time uh, at our local church in Greenville called Open Door Church. And we are doing another prayer room in Greenville. We're back home, and we're, we're I've been in a prayer missionary without a prayer room, like a fish out of water for like a year and a half since COVID. And finally the Lord is, this year we're beginning to build another prayer room uh, in Greenville again. And I'm really excited about that. We actually move into our prayer room building. We've been having some meetings in the church, but they've leased an entire prayer room space. And we're moving in this Tuesday, uh, which is really cool. And really, really excited about that. And uh, for those of you who are missionaries and raise, raise your own support, the church is paying me a little bit to, to pray, which is just wild because I've raised support my whole life. So anyway, it's pretty cool. So I want to share some stories and some testimonies with you guys, if that's okay, and just encourage your hearts. Um, you guys are amazing. What's happening here at the prayer room is crazy. Uh, 20 hours a day? What? <laughs> it's a miracle. I mean, it really is. I mean, you guys have been faithful, so there's that dynamic of it. But there's also just, it's a miracle from God, too, that He's doing. And, uh, and sometimes when you're in it, you don't realize how amazing it is. But it's awesome. Like what this little room is awesome. I mean, you're, this this community is um, is really amazing, and uh, and it's it's changing things. It's changing you, but it's changing so much more. And there's ripple effects out of this place from from the presence of God that are that are touching the nations. Uh, I'm convinced of that. And so, way to go, guys. I want to. I hope that I hope that these stories actually just encourage you that like what you're doing is really important. And it's a part of something a lot bigger than what's just happening in your own ministry and in your own community here. But it's something that's really near and dear to the heart of God. So um, Psalm 145, I'm not going to preach, but I just I have to do a little bit of Bible, right? But I'm basically going to give some Bible verses for why I'm going to tell all these stories. <laughs> Psalm 145. Verse 4, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. So there's something good and biblical about remembering, about declaring and telling the stories and remembering the amazing things that God's done. 
First Timothy 1.18 talks about taking the prophetic words you've been giving, given and waging war with them. And, uh, and so when God speaks, when God gives you a story, when God gives you a history with him or a prophetic history, you should, see, you should speak those things and you should pray those things and you should go to war with those things. So I'm going to be telling stories and just letting you guys know about what I'm doing, what Awaken the Dawn's doing. But I'm also realizing in the back of my mind that I'm waging war too. And I'm declaring the goodness of God. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will just encourage all of you and and strengthen you and give you faith more and more tonight. So Lord, we love you. And Holy Spirit, would you continue to move in this place? Lord, it's an encounter service. We want to encounter you. (laughs) We want your presence and your glory to rest here among us. So Lord, even as I just speak and and share tonight, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in, in the hearts of all of us, Lord, that you would remind us of your goodness and your faithfulness in your heart, that you would reveal who you are, that you would reveal what what you're like, that you would help us to understand what's near and dear to you, Lord, and that you would encourage this community and release a spirit of faith, Lord, in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So I'm in Greenville, North Carolina, you know, doing this house of prayer thing, trying to figure out how that works. <laughs> and we we did pretty good. We got up to, I mean, we were doing 20, 25 hours a week of live worship and prayer, and uh, and it was rolling. And, and I'm coming up on my 30th birthday. This is in 2013. And I felt like God was like, this is an important birthday. You need to, so I did this, some fasting and prayer leading up to my birthday. You know, Jesus, some, you know, his 30th year was important. And so I was like, okay, what, what are you going to do, God? What are you going to say? What What's stirring? Felt like something was shifting and uh the day before my birthday i'm in a in a prayer meeting with with a buddy of mine and he says uh he just gave me a word just says matthew i feel like you need to start connecting with other houses of prayer in north carolina and in the area and i was like okay so that's interesting by the way this this is all going to connect to awaken the dawn I'm not the leader of Awaken the Dawn. David Bradshaw is. So I'm not going to tell David Bradshaw's stories, (laughs) even though he's got some amazing ones. And I probably could because I've heard him share them a million times. But uh, I'm going to share my story. And then I'm going to share how that weaves into David's story and the story of Awaken the Dawn. And hopefully uh, it'll paint a picture here. So I get this prophetic word before my birthday about you need to go connect with other house of prayer leaders. Okay, Um, that's interesting. I had another few other prophetic words around my birthday, but the the week after that, I'm on a I'd scheduled a prayer retreat just to kind of process um, the season. And I had a really powerful encounter with God where he he gave me Psalm 132, 133 and 134. And he said, these three chapters go together. So I was familiar with with at least one or two of them, maybe, uh, at the time, but I had to look them up. And so for those of you that don't know, um, which I'm sure many of you do, because they're especially, I mean, Psalm 132 is is a huge verse for praying communities, I know. But Psalm 132 is David's cry and his vow for a resting place for God, a dwelling place for God. So David is longing for the manifest presence of God, the kingdom of God, a, a permanent place for his glory to dwell in Jerusalem. And he makes this vow to the Lord. 
Uh, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. And, uh, and so this is David's vow, uh, longing for God's presence in his city. And, uh, and then Psalm 133 is how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. You guys know that that's the often quoted chapter about how important it is to be in unity together. And then Psalm 134 is about the night watch. It's blessed are those who stand by night in the house of the Lord. And so God said, these, these three go together. I said, okay, what does that mean? He said, I want you to find those that have Psalm 132 in their hearts and help them to be in Psalm 133 unity to see Psalm 134. Wow. And uh, I said, wow, okay, amazing. So find those that are like, have this heart of David, this longing for, his, for God's presence in their cities, resting places of his glory, his presence, his kingdom in their cities, help them to, to be in unity with each other so that the worship and prayer can go all, all the time, day and night. And I was like, awesome, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, who, who are those with Psalm 132 in their hearts? What does that mean, you know? Because I was involved with the Burn 24-7 movement. I just gotten this prophetic word about houses of prayer in North Carolina. I said, so, so what are you exactly you're saying here, God? He said, those with Psalm 132 in their hearts are the presence pioneers. He said, it's those that are pioneering places of my presence in their cities and in their, in their communities. I said, okay, so he didn't give a parameter on, you know, a certain ministry or geography or whatever. He just said, it's those that have that heart of David that, you know, to use another language, the spirit of the tabernacle of David, that longing uh, for the presence of God in their cities. And so... I was like, all right, what do I do with that? <laughs> I should probably start talking to other house of prayer leaders in North Carolina because that was pretty clear and that's probably part of it. Uh, and then on the same prayer retreat, I mean, within like a short time after I, God shows me all this, he says, talk to David Bradshaw. That was it. Talk to David Bradshaw. So I knew, I knew David because he was leading a house of prayer up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, called the prayer furnace. I'd gone up to when they hosted Lou Engle and the call up there. And, um, and so I, I knew of what they were doing. And I knew that they were also at the time beginning to connect uh, prayer ministries in Virginia together as well. So um, I was like, okay, I don't know how to reach him, uh, but I'll, I'm going to try to try to connect with him. Hopefully God will, God will open the door. And so they're doing house of prayer in Virginia. We're doing a house of prayer in, in North Carolina. Little did I know that they had gotten a prophetic word from Bob Jones about tents that there was going to be, and this is really the awaken the dawn prophetic history that David would tell much better. But quick synopsis is they had Bob Jones at one of their conferences, who's well-known prophetic voice, uh, who's gone on to be with the Lord, but he had given them a prophetic word about tent cities and said, you're going to be involved with tent cities. It's going to be like a Holy Spirit Woodstock. And uh, there's going to be Porta Johns and hot dog stands beyond your wildest imaginations. And as the youth of America are going to gather together and there's going to be uh, praise, prayer, and prophecy were the three uh, things. And there'd be music and the presence of God and it would be connected to revival and in all this kind of things. But it was connected to tents. And so, so they're up there in Virginia and they're like 
swir swirling with all of that, I'm like getting this word down in North Carolina. I need to go connect with this guy up in Virginia somehow. And then around that same time, I get an email invitation um, to a leadership summit that's happening in Kansas City at International House of Prayer. That's their first time they did a one thing leadership summit. I think it's what they called it, a leadership summit. And uh, I have no idea how I got the invitation to that, but I did. And, uh, and so I was like, this is amazing. And um, don't know why I got invited, but I'm going to go. And so I end up... Uh, in Kansas City at IHOP, and this this is a this is a fun little story. And so I'm involved with the Burn 24/7 at the time, which was led by Sean Foyt. I'm, I know I'm throwing out a whole lot of names, but um, but so Sean and I went to go get some coffee, and we're coming back, and he's like, "Oh, I need to go talk to this guy." And so we're walking up, and the guy he's wanting to talk to, who's Andy Bird, if you guys know it, Andy Bird's involved with YWAM. He's like, "I need to talk to Andy Bird," so he's trying to find Andy. And I walk with him, and we walk up, and Andy's talking to David Bradshaw. And I was like, David Bradshaw, I think I'm supposed to talk to you. <laughs> and so this is, so we like have a quick exchange, and then Sean's like, do you guys have seats? And, and this is like 20,000 people at the One Thing Conference, okay? And I know some of you guys love IHOP, so this is, it'll be a fun story. Um, so 20,000 people at the One Thing Conference were like, no, we don't have seats. The session's already started. I think it's Jesus Culture Leading Worship, Kim Walker. And, uh, and Sean's like, oh, oh they, got, they got me some seats for me right up front. Okay. And so he walks us all the way up to the very, very, very front. And I'm like, nobody. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like sitting here like I'm standing here with Sean Floyd and, and, and to me these guys are like people I've like knew of and I'm like these guys are amazing leaders in the prayer and missions movement and I'm like just some dude from North Carolina and they're like walk all the way up to the front and there's like no seats available except the ones right up at the front like here that say open mic and they say bickle on them bickle 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 and Sean's like oh these are our seats <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, are you, are you sure? And he's like, oh, yeah. They, they, uh, I don't remember if it was Mike or someone else said that, that, that he could go sit up there. And so I'm like, this is, and then I'm standing beside David Bradshaw, who I just met like 30 seconds earlier. And we're like right at the front, like in Mike, Mike Bickle's seats at the One Thing Conference going like, what's, what's happening here? So anyway, that's how I met David Bradshaw. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So anyway, we, we end up finally getting to talk and, and begin to uh, to build a relationship from there and uh, sorry water then a buddy of mine from uh, Wilmington North Carolina around that same time so this is like end of 2013 20, going to 2014 he he uh, reaches out to me and says hey uh, he's like kind of a revivalist fiery evangelistic preacher guy he's like I got a tent he's like I, I want to set up a tent but I, I want to you know revival tent but I want you guys to come and do nonstop prayer and worship in the tent and then we'll, but we'll also do the out evangelism and outreach and revival meetings at the same time what do you think about it and I was like and then there was a whole prophetic history with it that he had too and I was like let's do it and so we planned this 50-hour worship tent uh, in eastern North Carolina uh, where we'll have day and night worship and outreach, that kind of thing. And right before that, 
Um, there's a gathering of leaders. I hope this is not too boring and too many details, but it, it, you're going to catch little threads. So there'll, there'll be little, little bits of something for everybody in here. So, so there's a little gathering of leaders happening in Raleigh. The same buddy of mine that had given me the word about how I need to connect with house prayer leaders. Nico is his name. He's got a, he's got like a campus ministry gathering thing happening. And, uh, and the, over the previous months, I'd actually started building relationships with house of prayer leaders. I just literally called them or driven to their cities and just started building relationships with them. And I said, we need to get them all together in a place. Raleigh's kind of central in North Carolina. So I was like, Hey, Nico, could we like, uh, you know, before your meeting, could we have a little leaders gathering with the, these presence pioneer people that I've been <laughs> meeting all over North Carolina? He said, Oh, sure. He said, Hey, I invited David Bradshaw to come speak, uh, at our gath- at the gathering that night. I said, Oh, Oh, really interesting I was like you think he could come early and like meet with our our, our people too and so uh, ended up Dave the first time we had a little leaders meeting in Raleigh uh, in North Carolina David came down and met with us and it was in this little church and we met in the nursery and, <laughs> and I think we sat on the little like kid-sized chairs and met for an hour and started just connecting together as leaders in in, in Raleigh David's there and then that night, he, he speaks on Psalm 132. And I was like, okay, Psalm 132, there you go, there's that again. And I also, I forgot to mention at that One Thing conference, the whole, like, the whole theme was basically Psalm 132. It was like, it was like every, every message was about Psalm 132. And I was like, okay, what is going on here, Lord? Uh, obviously, you're speaking and uh, you're, you're wanting to do something. So uh, basically, you know, we continue to cultivate relationships. David and I continue to stay connected. We start doing these tent gatherings uh, that God just really moves powerfully. And they became catalytic for us ministries across North Carolina coming together because you got worship leaders at your burn or house of prayer. You've got some let's throw in and do 50 hours or 100 hours under a tent together. And uh, and God really began to move for a few years uh, in, in powerful ways. Uh, from about 2014, 2016, we did, I don't know, five to 10 of these tent gatherings. Um, while, while this cool stuff was, was developing kind of across the Carolinas and, and a little bit into Virginia uh, as well. And then uh, 2016, I got a, uh, I was just, again, having time of prayer and fasting and uh, God gave me a word or a phrase really. And the phrase was from tents to stadiums. It was the phrase from tents to stadiums. And here's what I wrote down in my journal. Uh, I see tent gatherings around our nation. These are reminding us of David's historic tent and are a visible picture of the ever-increasing worship and prayer movement. This is preceding a great harvest of souls, including mass stadium gatherings that have been prophesied. The Tabernacle of David is about extravagant worship, but it's also connected to a harvest in the nations. Both of these things will continue to increase over the next few years. God will take things from tents to stadiums. And then in parentheses, I put from worship to harvest. And, uh, and then later God expanded it, um, he said, from tents to stadiums and from stadiums to the nations. Um, and, uh, and so I'm like carrying this word stirred about, okay, we're doing these tent, tent gatherings, but these are a picture of something greater. These, yeah. th- these are 
pointing to the reality of God's presence resting among us. They're reminding us of what I wrote, ended up writing a book about, which was the Tabernacle of David and this place of perpetual day and night uh, worship and prayer. And uh, around that same time, I started having dreams with David Bradshaw in them. And uh, so, so many dreams that my wife began to call David the man of my dreams in, in, a, joke, in a joking way, and, uh, which we've told him since, obviously. Um, but I was like, why is David Bradshaw in my dreams? Like, God, why are you talking to me about him? Um, I mean, I like David, but it was just like a little, a little much, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and so like, this is so strange. And then that fall 2016, I don't remember exactly when, uh, this, this is an interesting story. Uh, I'm on Facebook. So you guys know God can use Facebook, believe it or not. Um, not that I'm advocating for Facebook, but so I'm on Facebook and a video pops up from their church up in Fredericksburg. And it just says, David Bradshaw makes a special announcement. I'm like, oh, cool. So like later I log into Facebook again, right at the top, that same thing pops up. David Bradshaw makes a special announcement and it doesn't say what the announcement is because you have to watch the video. I was like, wow, Facebook really wants me to watch that video. And literally like three or four times I log in and it's the same video. It's like David Bradshaw makes a special announcement. I'm like, that shouldn't happen because usually what happens is Facebook, it's the algorithm shows you new stuff, right? Like if you don't click on it or whatever, it'll pop up something different. And I was like, and it wasn't like it was going viral or something. So that's why it kept showing it to me. It was like glitch in the matrix at the moment. It was like this Facebook video keeps showing up. I was like, what? What is going on and so finally I click on it <laughs> and uh, it's it's David sharing about uh, it's he and actually Jason Hershey who uh, leads David's tent DC do you guys know David's tent DC yeah. okay up in the National Mall there's some people that are, that are saying no so there's a couple of places in, in the United States that are hosting literal 24-hour-a-day worship and prayer uh, around the clock. Kansas City is, Atlanta is, and one of the other places I know that's doing it is Washington, D.C., and they're doing it in a tent outside on the National Mall. And they're about to have their seven-year anniversary of going 24-7 live worship and prayer outside on the National Mall in our nation's capital, a literal tent. Uh, that's another sign and a wonder in our, in our nation. Amazing. Um, and so Jason Hershey and David are talking about this vision that God has given them to put 50 tents on the National Mall for all 50 states and that all 50 tents would have 24-hour worship and prayer with people from those states coming to fill those tents um, in, you know, in, the, in the coming years. And as I began to watch this, like my heart really began to burn and I was like, Facebook video, okay, well, that's the way the Lord wants to get my attention, but it was really, you know, I think it was the Lord <laughs> using a Facebook video to get my attention. So I immediately text David and just like, dude, I just saw this video, I'm in, let me know, you know, what I need to do to help. So 
their community in Fredericksburg is on this huge swirl because God's speaking to them. They've got this prophetic word from Bob Jones from previous years about a tent city and revival in America and Woodstock and all this thing. And, uh, and then he and Jason Hershey have gotten this idea of 50 tents on the National Mall, and it actually happened. Uh, and so October 2017... Um, the, uh, they went to book, they went to try to find a weekend where they could do it, uh, at the national mall. Like how do you go book the entire national mall in Washington, DC? Um, thankfully Jason has a relationship with them, um, at the time, but, but the weekend that was open was in, was in October and it ha- happened to be the feast of tabernacles. Uh, and so if you, if you know the, the Hebrew calendar in, in the scriptures, the, Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot was when all the, uh, the people of Israel would come to their nation's capital and live in tents for the week. And so they scheduled a gathering for everybody to come fill tents in their nation's capital for almost a week during the Feast of Tabernacles, but it was an accident. And so it was just one of the many things along the way that was like, okay, the Lord's up to something. And uh, so 2017 was really when Awaken the Dawn was birthed. And originally it was just an event. It was going to be a one-time thing on the National Mall. Uh, and I think we have a, I think we have a photo of, uh, yeah, there you go. So 50 tents on the National Mall. Uh, over a thousand worship teams came from across, from across the nation. Uh, tens of thousands of worshipers were there day and night every tent unplugged in the little tents but then there were big tents that during the day they'd crank up you know there'd be big sessions and things like that happen I mean it was glorious if any of you guys were there Um, it was it was a it was a moment um, for our generation for sure and um, we have a lot of testimonies Um, oh man I skipped I skipped the whole thing I was going to share maybe I can backtrack it might be a little weird but I'm gonna do I might do it um so, so some of the testimonies of, of the things that God did, first of all, this happened. <laughs> so that's, that's a testimony in and of itself. Um, but the Lord began to really move like in power. Uh, there was a Christian lady that ran an ice cream truck, led, I think it was 50 or 60 people to the Lord from while she was like, like selling them ice cream and then talking to them about Jesus. Um, there were government officials that put their faith in Jesus during this event. There's videos of them uh, turning their hearts to the Lord. The uh, police chief came and said, what's going on? The crime is, is like virtually non-existent for the last few days. What's going on? We think it has to do with all you guys being here. Um, there was people whose uh, people had scars. There was a girl that had, you know, from self-harm had scars all over her arms and her body. And she was in the middle of worship and they all just disappeared in, in the middle of worship. Um, she felt a hand on her back while in the middle of worship and she like turned around. There was nobody there. And then like all of their scars were gone off of, off of her body. So um, just, just crazy stuff. Um, that happened there in, uh, on the National Mall. And that was really the launch of Awaken the Dawn uh, as, a, as a movement, as a ministry. But originally, it was just going to be an event. So can I, can I jump back and, and tell you another story? Because uh, I totally skipped over this, but it's, it's just a fun story. 
So before we did that, like I said, we were doing tents in North Carolina, and we did we did one more tent before Awaken the Dawn even started uh, in Greenville, and this was right before we moved to Raleigh. We were like, we got to do we got to do one more big event, a tent. And so I, I think we did a hundred hours maybe uh, uh, in a tent in Greenville. And so just, just a cool story I, I shared in, in my book, too, but uh, it's just I have others, but this is just one of my favorites. So we were giving away food. Uh, so that's one of the things we, we loved to do at the tent is it help people, hey, free hot dogs and people start showing up. So we're in this kind of like low income neighborhood at a school property, Christian school property. And uh, we've set up our tent. We've, we've started the started the day night worship. There's a couple comes over from across the street with their baby. They're getting free hot dogs. Someone from our ministry team starts talking to them about Jesus. Within a few minutes, they are praying with them and they're accepting Christ and responding to the gospel. We're like, amazing. And so then the next day, that was opening night. The next day in the afternoons, we have outreach teams that would go out into the city door to door, invite people to the tent, free hot dogs. Do you know Jesus, etc.? <laughs> have conversations. And they're like, we need to go to those people's houses and talk to them, you know, and just kind of follow up with them because it was right across the street. So they knock on this door and that couple's not there, but there's an old lady, grandma in a wheelchair. And they start talking to her, find out she's a believer. She's a praying grandma and uh, she's in her wheelchair. And they're like, you know, what have you been praying for? And she's like, I'm just praying for my family to know Jesus. I want them to be Christians too. She said, she said they all live with me. They were like, what? No, she's like, my whole family lives with me. There was like four generations her, including her, that all lived in this home, this small house together. Uh, and, and she said, uh, I, I want them to know God. And so they said, well, are any of them here? And there was like maybe 10 people in the house at the moment. And they were like, bring, like, bring them in here. And so they brought them in. She brought them in and they shared the gospel. And they said, who, who, your grandma's been praying for you. Here's what Jesus has done. Who wants to follow Jesus? And they all said yes. The entire, the entire home. And it's like, she'd been praying for years. And, it, and it's something about like timing of the Lord slash we started doing day and night worship and prayer across the street. <laughs> started doing nonstop worship. And it like shifted something in the atmosphere. And their hearts were just open. And they said yes. So their whole household accepts Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I love it. Uh, and there's a little bit more, which is so cool. So the last day, uh, they end up. Uh, wheeling grandma over to the tent and so she's just sitting up in the front row just like worshiping Jesus just uh, really enjoying herself <clears throat> uh, what I didn't realize was that the new local newspaper was going to show up because they had heard about what we were doing and they wanted to talk to someone and, and see if there was a story with like what we were doing and I was like okay cool and so somebody grabs me and so I start I start talking to them uh, sharing, sharing what's going on and they end up talking to this family and to this grandma and and hearing about uh, what's going on and I didn't realize they had talked to them I knew they had talked to me but I was like okay maybe they'll maybe they'll put a little story in the newspaper tomorrow that would be cool and so the next day our events over I'm exhausted I drive up to McDonald's to like get some breakfast and I pull up and at the, believe it or not, they still had like newspaper stands outside of McDonald's. So I pull up and look up at the newspaper stand and this is the, fr this is the front page of our local newspaper 
worship helps transform lives. And there's grandma right there sitting in her wheelchair. Isn't that awesome? Really cool. I was, I was shocked. I was like, I had no idea. And so they tell the whole story, like, they told the whole story. They were like, yeah, they're doing worship. And they asked one of her kids or something. They said, you know, what, what's happened? And they said, our, our whole house has changed. We're not arguing with each other anymore. There's like peace in our home now. And we're getting along with one another. And it's like, come on. It's amazing. So, so you can see, I, I got a little hooked on tents <laughs> uh, with experiences like this. And there were others, but this is one of my favorite because it was in my hometown. And the, I mean, you, it doesn't get better than like worship transforms lives on the, on the front cover of your lo- local newspaper. I was like, that's what I, like my mantra for my whole life is like worship helps transform lives. Yes, that is the tabernacle of David uh, right there. Thank you. And so, so that got me just so excited about the power of taking worship, prayer, non-stop worship and prayer, but taking it out in public places where, where we're not just in our own room, which is great, or in a room like this, which is great. But what happens when this spills out and, we, and, we, and the presence of God begins to collide with broken, hurting, lost people, God begins to do amazing things. So I love the prayer room. I love what I did this morning and just like sitting in a room with just ministering to Jesus. But I also love what happens when we set up in a you know, college campus or a low-income neighborhood or a public park or whatever, and or David's go visit David's tent in DC and there's all these tourists wandering in, peeking their looking in the prayer tent like what's going on they come and sit and you know hear hear singing about Jesus like I love that and just the the collision uh, that happens the overflow that happens uh, when the presence of God goes into public places and um, you know there's that passage in Acts 15 where they where they talk about the tabernacle of David and there's a lot this is not a theological explanation of this verse because there's a lot to it but it says this after this I'll return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen down I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up and I'll just say at least part of what that means is God's presence among his people who are worshiping and praying and ministering to him that's at least part of what that means uh but here's why. Here's why God is going to restore some of that, what David did, verse 17, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, yes. even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. So what, again, what you guys are doing here in this room is connected to so that all the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Yes. It really is. It really, really, really is. And you guys may know that, but remember, <laughs> it really is deeply connected to hurting, broken, real, lost people, unreached people groups, nations, Israel, college students, Gen Z, like all of that, is, their lives being transformed are yes. deeply connected to us being in the presence of God, ministering to Him in prayer and in worship so good. together. So good. All right. I was supposed to tell stories, and I got a little preachy. Man, that was good. <laughs> so, all right. So you guys can see, I'm like, 
by this point, we had it, this amazing tent in Greenville. We just went to the National Mall. It blew up what just happened, 50 tents, 10, 20,000 people. What's happening? And the other beautiful thing that happened on the National Mall is a whole bunch of people that are weird and crazy and hungry and like you guys who like love to do things like worship Jesus for hours and pray and like they connected with each other and found each other. Oh, you're you're from Ohio too? Oh, cool. You're in Illinois? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I'll come worship for an hour with Wyoming, you know, or whatever it may be. And uh, because it was like family, because we all had that Psalm 132 in our hearts, that desire, God, we want you. We want your presence. We want to be with you where you are. And, uh, and so we begin to connect together. And so since 2017, we, we've, we've done a lot more um, since then. And so on the back end of that, I'm going to share a little bit of David Bradshaw's story here just because um, it helps connect some dots to what's going on. So David goes... And uh, it's like, what do we do now, right? <laughs> after, after 2017 National Mall, we've got we've to keep this. Something else has got to happen because the Lord's birthed something through this event. And he goes and meets with his friend Brian Brent. Uh, Brian and Christy Brent were uh, are with Circuit Riders and YWAM. Brian has actually gone on to be with the Lord, but um, went and met with them in California. And they had this... Uh, shared with David this amazing prophetic word from Jill Austin back from 2004 that specifically uh, Christy Brent had been carrying for years. She's, She's a very prophetic lady. And she said, there's two things, two words I've been carrying in my heart, basically like lifelong prophetic words that I'm like living for, praying into, like dreaming is tents and stadiums. Those two things. And she had this prophetic word from Jill Austin that that they've been praying about. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a transcript of a really long, and it kind of, it's a little bit all over the place, but I'm going to read a couple sections. She says, all of a sudden, what I kept seeing were these tents. God mentioned the tent, and the Lord said, tent of glory, tent of meeting, tabernacling, tabernacling. He says, I'm going to tabernacle. And I kept seeing like a tent city. And then she goes on and describes healing, that there's going to be all this healing happening in the tent. She says, I feel like you're going to be breaking an old kind of conference thing, this professionalism of the speakers. It's going to be more like a tent city. A lot of unknown faces and unknown people, young, old, women, men, different colors are going to be preaching. There'll be signs and wonders. There's going to be an anointing. I feel like the Lord says, get ready. See, angels are going to be releasing a sound. People are going to say, I don't just want to go to that conference. I want to go to where the tent meeting are emerging all over the nations. There's going to be a catalytic spark. He's going to birth it. But, it, but it's going to become a new kind of thing where people are going to want to come and sit in the dirt. Lord says there's, a, and I'm, this, these are sections of this. There's a new anointing and it's tabernacling. It's an anointing of the tent of meeting. It's an anointing of houses of prayer on the move. It's like a moving throne. It's like a moving place of glory. I feel like the Lord says, I'm on the move. My glory is on the move. It's going to look very different. I want you to be hungry. And so that, that, that's just part, part of this word about tents of glory. And of course, David lit up. Um, I think that word about houses of prayer on the move is, is, is really powerful. Um, 
And, uh, and so as they began to talk about tents and stadiums at the time, they were, YWAM was planning to start doing stadiums, uh, which became called, became known as the send as uh, what, what it's called now. But then they began to say, what if it's supposed to be tents and stadiums? And you guys remember I had this word God spoken to me just a year or two before about from tents to stadiums. And, um, and oh, and one of the words that Christy Brent had was, uh, with the stadiums was that when Billy Graham passed away, uh, that when he passed away that there would be a mantle released, a grace released um, to the church to begin to gather in stadiums to other, other leaders and ministries would kind of take on that mantle of Billy Graham to begin to gather people in stadiums together. And, uh, and, that, and he, he died in February of, uh, of 2018. Um, and so they had this, this word about tents and this word about stadiums. And so they're like in this ex- exciting moment, like, whoa, there's tents and there's stadiums and all this stuff. And David wrote down, uh, the tents are a silver bullet for America. He like wrote it in his journal, like God just gave him, the tents are a silver bullet for America. Like there's something about tents that, that are important for what God wants to do. And then they went to the public meeting that night because they were having a worship worship meeting that night. And there's a lady named Jesse uh, from, from California, because that's where they were. She came up to him in the middle of worship and said, God told me to bring this to you. And it was a literal silver bullet. Love. And uh, and so she's obviously a very very prophetic lady, and so it's like okay, this is real. The tents are a silver bullet for for America, and uh, and so at this point it was like okay, we got it, we got to do some tents, and um, and so that's what we've that's what we've begun to do over over the over the recent recent years. I, I didn't come on staff with the Wagon Dawn until 2020. But I've been involved. I was involved in 2017. I was involved in the North Carolina tent. Uh, in 2018, we went from the National Mall. We said, what if we went to every state capital? And what if each state capital did the same thing and pulled together their states and hosted a tent uh, all at the same time during the Feast of Tabernacles? And God had just sent us to Raleigh, which is our state capital in North Carolina, and uh, the year before. And so we were like, okay, well, yes, <laughs> we got to do that too. And, uh, and so then we did 50 state capitals in 2018, 50 hours, uh, as well as some college campuses. And then in 2019, it went to, okay, not just state capitals. Let's do any city all over America. Let's tent America. And, uh, and so since, since the, you know, over the last few years, um, we've seen, honestly, I was trying to figure it up in my head. I think there's 800 plus tent gatherings that have, that have probably been set up uh, over about the last five years. So of what? To do prayer. To do, yeah, to do at least 24 hours of worship, prayer, outreach, the kind of things I've been describing. Uh, a lot of them more, 50 hours, some of them a week long or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think there's probably been about 800 uh, different tent gatherings that have happened over, over the last five years out in public. And so like there's not all the testimonies are quite so dramatic, but there's testimonies uh, happening in, in, every, in every place, um, in, ev- in every city. Uh, and, it's, and it's continuing. Um, continuing to happen right now and um and so in uh 20 towards the end of 2019 2020 um the lord began to speak to us about transitioning again and i actually transitioned back to our hometown greenville 
uh, and came on staff with Awaken the Dawn right as COVID was breaking out. So <laughs> it's a great time to number one, move, and another great time to start a new ministry role where you're trying to gather people together. Um, in the midst of a in the midst of a pandemic, and uh, and believe it or not, not everywhere is like Texas. So there were a lot of places that were <laughs> a lot more strict strict than uh, than Texas has been um, about all of that. So I, I joke, but it's been amazing. Uh, even over the last few years, even in 2020, there were tents set up, uh, and then some places that couldn't do it did virtual tents on Zoom. I mean, so like, <laughs> but there were even outdoor tents as well in in, in 2020 that that happened. And, uh, and then last year in 2021. And so a little bit about what, what we're doing right now with uh, Awaken the Dawn is we've, we've taken our 10 America initiative and we've gone, as of May, uh, we've launched this to be a year-round thing. So previously we would kind of rally people to host tents at the same time. Now we're saying anyone can host a tent anytime, anywhere uh, throughout the year. And so our dream is actually that there would be tents going literally 24 7 365 that at any given moment there would be a tent of worship or one or five or ten or twenty around the nation happening uh out in in public places um go, going on year round and so we launched this in may did you guys hear about what happened in kansas city in may uh with the sand and the truman property and all all of that uh just that, yes it was it was amazing so we um we launched 10 america from there and said let's just now go just set up tents everywhere any anyone anywhere anytime so basically every weekend since then at least every weekend some longer people have been hosting tents this year um, we're continuing to hear amazing testimonies of, of things God's doing. I uh, got, got a couple of recent testimonies. Just in, just in the last couple of weeks. Um, oh, Saint, uh, uh, I put, I've got a photo for this. This is the last photo I think I put on there. Yeah, this is uh, last weekend. This is in St. Paul, Minnesota. There were about 25 churches came together for 24 hours of worship and outreach uh, in this park. Uh, there were like 45 people that got saved. Seriously, 45 people got saved. Baptisms, kids getting baptized, uh, people being delivered. You know, you got nonstop worship going. People, I mean, this is an, basically it was a big outreach event that they did every year and they started pairing the now that now they add in the day and night worship to it and uh and they're just seeing it blow up you know in an even greater way and uh and so this this is just this past week yeah we're i'm trying to i'm trying to keep up with it so my role with awaken the dawn is 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 i lead our network which is the people that are all over america that are that are hosting these tents and trying to you know steward what's going on we have reps and different different regions and states like Andrew and Risa Adams. That's right. Yeah, exactly. There are our Texas reps. And uh, so I, I'm overseeing our network and honestly just trying to keep up because because God's connecting people together. And uh, and we're just trying to track really what what the Lord's doing, what the Holy Spirit is uh, is orchestrating. 
And then the other, other thing we're doing right now is our big circus tent, which is what, what we just did in Frisco. Uh, we uh, purchased this massive uh, tent that can hold 1,500 or so people in it. And we basically do what's happening in these small tents, but we do it on a large scale in regions where we gather hundreds or a thousand plus people together. And we do this, but we do the same thing. It's, it's not about, hey, come here, the amazing people. It's about really at the heart of it is let's host the presence of God. Let's minister to the Lord. Let's worship. Let's invite his glory, his kingdom, his presence. Let's come together in unity outside. And then let's just go boldly share the simple gospel with people and invite people into the tent, but also go out from the tent and, uh, and see what the Lord does. And, and he, he does amazing things. So we were in Kansas City on the Truman property back in May. Uh, gosh, in partnership with YWAM and IHOP and all of that. I mean, I forget. There was four or 500 people that got saved that week during, during all of the outreaches. Um, we had actually five tents set up there. <laughs> so it was a little, kind of went back to like what was happening on the National Mall. We had five different tents going because we had so many worship leaders that wanted to, to be a part of that one. And then we just went to Frisco. We're going to Nashville and Tampa uh, later this year uh, with, the, with the big tent as well. So yeah, we're, we're excited about what the Lord's doing. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, did, I had a couple thoughts here at the end. I, I, I don't want to leave you with the gospel of tents, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, a lot of what Awaken the Dawn is, the expression he's given us is intense. Um, but I'm not here to promote tents. I believe the tents are speaking to greater realities uh, that the Lord's trying to... Uh, highlight to us. And I think one of those realities is the tabernacle of David. I do think he's wanting to remind us of what David tapped into all those years ago, that the Lord is, is restoring that spirit of the tabernacle of David into the church, that, um, that we, would, we would have his presence central. And so I think the, to me, a few things, the, the, there's some practical reasons for the tents. Um, Real, real quickly, I mean, like, they're very neutral, so it's a lot easier for people to come together. It, it really helps with the outreach. If you can get out in a public place, there's literally no walls. <laughs> so it's like, so it's, it's a lot more inviting, that kind of thing. There's downsides to tents. I mean, I'm not, like, guys, I love air conditioning. I really love air conditioning, and I love indoor plumbing. So, like, those are awesome, great things. <laughs> but the Lord, for some reason, is insisting that there's times that we go out of the rooms and into, the, into these tents, into these public places, and take the presence of God out there as well. But I think in addition to the practical aspects of it, I do think they're, they're prophetic. I think they speak to us if, we'll, if we will hear it. Um, and I think part of what they speak is that God is insisting that his presence be central in, in the church. That he be the center who he is. In heaven, the throne is in the middle and everything revolves around God and is looking at God and is worshiping God and is following, obeying, loving, singing to, praying to God. It's all about him. All eyes are on God and Jesus. 
And uh, I believe that God is saying it, it should be on earth as it is in heaven. It should be in cities as it is in heaven. That was what was happening in the tabernacle of David is David had the audacity to put the Ark of the Covenant yeah. right in the middle of Israel and say, let's worship Jesus and enthrone him over our nation. Uh, it's the only way that we're going to prosper. And, uh, and I believe God is, God is insisting on uh, his presence being in the middle, that worship and prayer be primary to all that we do and you guys know that but I'm just encouraging you that like yes way to go like <laughs> keep doing it like do it more you know do it with keep doing it spread it teach it talk it whatever like fill all the sacred trust slots do the 5 a.m. on Sunday like all that like yes it's awesome um, and uh, and it's an expression of heaven on earth you know you guys carry that spirit of the tabernacle of David here and uh, it's beautiful it's beautiful the other thing I, I do think is God's saying we can't do it alone uh, he really is insisting on uh, us being connected to the bigger storyline and um, and being connected to other groups and other streams and other ministries and other whatever's you know and what I love about the prayer room is is that you guys are not just one church but you've got people from multiple churches who are all working together uh, to keep this you know expression of, of prayer prayer going here but there's even a bigger storyline than just this ministry too and I think that's part of why Brad wanted me to come just share my little my little bit with you tonight is just a reminder of like hey there's there's a million other things that God's doing we were talking about some of them today of like oh this thing's happening over here and then this thing's happening over here and then there's this thing we didn't even know about that God's doing over here and and um, and it, it's all beautiful and there's a tent up in the National Mall that's doing 24-7 right now and what's going on and we're in Greenville North Carolina which you, none of you guys have ever been to probably and like you know, we're moving into a prayer room next week. And the point is, God's doing something. It's bigger yes. than us. It's bigger than you guys. It's bigger than IHOP. It's bigger than all of that. And, uh, and, and he's really wanting us to do it together more and more and more and be connected together, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't claim to know what all that means, but Jesus prayed John 17 that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And he's, he's really going to do that in Psalm 133, right? How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. One of the things I love about Brad is, is that he loves to help connect with, uh, with other houses of prayer and other prayer ministries all over, all over the place. I think that's part of the kindredness that he and I prob probably have. So, um, you know, God is, in, God is insisting on day and night prayer. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of doing Psalm 132, 3 and 4 again, by the way. I'm kind of like going back through those. But I was, uh, I was just uh, I was telling Brad I got to go to Germany in June to uh, Herrenhut, Germany. Do you guys know the story of the Moravians? Herrenhut? No? Yes? Yes? So uh, 1700s, they launched 24-hour prayer that lasted over 100 years sent hundreds of missionaries uh, to, to the nations. They sent, so Heron Hut, I, I mean, I'd never been there. It was, I wanted to go there. It was the 300th anniversary. It was so awesome to be there and, uh, and visit and, and be a part of the house of prayer there and serve and everything. But it's really small. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, the community, this little community of Moravians in Heron Hut, there was like three or four hundred of them. 
and the the whole in the whole town that was their whole town three or four hundred and they did 24 7 prayer for a hundred years and they sent out a bunch of people they kept sending people out of their community to go to the nations to share the gospel with people their community of Heron Hut, three or four hundred people, they sent more people in oh gosh, I don't remember the I don't wanna I don't wanna say I don't wanna say the wrong thing. But in like six months, they had sent more missionaries than like all of Europe had sent in the previous few years. Something like that. I mean it was dramatic. Like the whole continent of Europe hadn't sent as many missionaries as this little town of three or four hundred after they started doing twenty four seven prayer. Wow. But anyway, I, I think what I would, one of the things among many I was struck by when I was there in Heron Hut was 24-7 prayer is possible. Yes, wow. Tw- literal nonstop. You guys are close, and the Lord's going gonna- <laughs> to go 24-7 here. I know, I know it will. Um, but I was like, hey, this is possible. Like, if, if people encounter Jesus and have a revelation of his worth... Yes and realize how worthy he is to receive it, they realize how powerful their prayers are before the Lord and they get hungry and they get desperate. If they want to do it, it can, it can happen in, it can happen in 10,000 cities all over America tomorrow if they had a revelation of the beauty of Jesus and, and, and his worth. That's what it was. They were taking communion together and the Holy Spirit was poured out because they were thinking about the body and blood of Jesus. And they said, Jesus, oh my goodness. They had an encounter. Their whole community encountered the Lord. They had a revival and then they started 24-7 prayer. Um, I keep preaching a little bit, but um, yeah, so I do think the Lord's insisting on day and night. I was just kind of like, honestly, I, I, I've been doing this house of prayer thing for for a, a long enough now that I feel a little bit old in it um, and I remember when I first started hearing about what was happening and I was like 24-7 prayer what if there was a place in my city where there were literally people together singing and praying all the time and I was like oh, yes that would be awesome let's do it <laughs> having no idea what let's do it meant or what that would what the undertaking of that would be a little naive but like just going yes that that could happen and over the years it's not that that's gone away but i I, i've kind of i don't i don't personally carry like a like i know you guys are really have a have a assignment from the lord to keep some things going i don't necessarily have that in my heart but it it just kind of like woke up again like wait a second 20, like 24 seven is possible. Like people were talking, used to talk about it a lot more. Now it's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, maybe morning, noon and night. That would be cool, you know, which is super cool. Like really, really good. But like, man, anyway, 24 seven guys, <laughs> you guys should, uh, you guys should pray about doing that one day. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, couple more comments here. I just, again, uh, it's not about tents. I think these are things that these tents are just kind of, you know, speaking to for us. And, and I, I think threads even through the prophetic history and some of the stories I told you guys of, of things that God would be saying through all this. I think God's insisting that the prayer movement impact the world around us. Yes. That's just kind of the last thing, point I want to make here is like this is unto something. You know, it, it, it's Jesus is worthy of our worship, even if nothing else happens. 
that is foundational. Like we don't worship Jesus to get something from him. Cause like we worship him cause we love him and he's worthy of it. And we've seen him and like, that's, that's enough. Um, but God has designed that as we do that in this age, that that would fuel the advancement of the gospel and the advancement of the kingdom of God so that more people can come into that place of his presence and relationship and intimacy with him. So it's, it's, it's we do it because he's worthy, but then it's like we go, hey, you come do it with me because he's worthy. And that's the missions part of it, right? That's the outreach, the gospel part of it is, is it's like, it's not we're leaving worship and prayer so that we go do evangelism. It's like, come on, I, I think of a tent. I go, hey, we're under the tent. We're worshiping the Lord. Hey, come on under the tent. Come join us in the presence of God. Come join us in the prayer room. This is what you were made to do. This is who you were designed to be. You were made to minister to the Lord and love Jesus and be in his presence and be in relationship with him and enjoy him for all eternity. So like, come on. <laughs> and that's the outreach, right? It's just like, come on in. Come on into his presence. So um, this worship and prayer is fueling missions. It's fueling the greatest missions movement in history. Um, I, we're beginning, we're seeing trickles of it, but it's just continuing, continuing. We're Matthew 24, 14, Jesus said the gospel is going to go to every people group and then he's going to return. That's what this is. <laughs> that's what this is pointing to, isn't it? So uh, Jesus has made a way. He's opened the tent. He's torn the veil. John Piper says it great. He says, worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. Missions exist because worship does not. I love that. So anyway, I just, I wanted to encourage you guys with, you know, what the Lord's doing. Some of my story, some of Awaken the Dawn. I didn't want to get too preachy because I was, I know that Brad wanted me to just share stories, but I feel like even, I feel like the stories speak. And so I just wanted to like throw out a couple things there just like, and it's probably not, not new and profound for you guys um, because you guys are, are doing this day in and day out here at the prayer room week in and week out. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys that what you're doing is so important. It's so powerful. Uh, I love it. Um, you know, it's like one of the places, you know, that's like, I would love to, to move, you know, there's like 10 or 15 places in America. It's like, oh, I'd love to come and like be with, the, be with them, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love to come be with Brad and in the, the prayer room DFW because what you guys have here is so cool. It's, it's, it's so special. I know it's probably hard at times and, and feels weak at times, um, but, but just stay connected to Jesus and stay connected to that, that bigger story. And uh, yeah, pray, pray about doing a tent too. Maybe, hey, maybe a, a tent, tent in Arlington as well, right? Um, you guys could, to could totally do that. So can I pray for you guys? This has been an honor. I, I thank you for bearing with me. Do you guys want to stand up for a minute? Let me just, let me just pray over you. Hope it didn't go too long there, but oh, Lord, we love you, Jesus. You are truly worthy of it all. And, uh, God, I pray for your Holy Spirit to encourage this community. Would you strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man, in their, in their hearts, Lord, in their souls? Would you refresh them tonight, Lord, in places that are weary, places that are, are feeling weak? Would you gird, them, gird their hearts up, Lord, strengthen their hearts, Lord, build them up, Lord, from the inside out. Lord, just breathe in them, Lord. Fresh love, fresh desire, 
fresh passion, fresh vision for you, God. Not hype, not something artificial, Lord, but just real love. Just real love for you, Jesus. God, I pray you'd strengthen what you're doing here, God. I pray you'd strengthen the staff. You'd strengthen these, this community, these volunteers. Lord, I pray you'd protect them, Lord, from the, the enemy, that you'd keep them from the evil one. You'd keep them close to your heart. Lord, that you would um, sustain what you've started. Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would sustain it and give it strength and joy. Lord, I pray that this in this community, your love would abound more and more and more. I pray that your word would continue to be released. Lord, I pray for encounters with you. Pray for dreams and visions and outpouring of your spirit uh, all over this community. Lord, those that are here, those that aren't here. God, I pray for joy in the house of prayer. God, that as they minister before you, that they would find delight in you, delight in ministering to you and loving you, worshiping you. And I pray that they would... uh, They would constantly see that there's something bigger going on, Lord. Connect their hearts to your beautiful biblical storyline, God, the the drama that's unfolding right now in the earth and in the the coming years, Lord, that we get to be a part of what you're doing. It's such an honor. It's such an honor, Lord. Thank you for inviting us into it, Lord. We're grateful and we're honored, Lord. So bless the prayer room. Dallas, Fort Worth, Lord. I pray, God, for uh, more laborers for the harvest. Father, I pray for watchmen to be set on the wall night and day. God, I pray for more musicians and singers and worship leaders and intercessors and sacred trust people and volunteer staff and missionary staff, Lord. And and, uh, and in your time, Lord, I pray that this place would go to 24 hours a day, seven day, days a week, Lord, that that you would be worshipped even through the night. And that there would be those who cry out to you even in the night hours, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Love what you're doing here. And we honor you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, bro. I'm just so grateful for Matthew and what he carries and who he is. I'm so grateful for him to come and tell us the story. You know, there... There are pieces of the prayer movement that are running hard after Jesus that we just don't know that well. We're just not that closely connected. We've got relational connections here and there, but that we're not mostly thinking about that group or this swirl because we're we kind of got our nose to the grind here. You know, we're just we got our head down and we're doing what God gave us. But to hear the encouragement and the stories of what the Lord is doing in other parts of the body of Christ even within the prayer movement that are epic 800 tents all doing a day or two or 10 of night and day prayer while they're doing outreaches. That's unbelievable. I'm just so grateful for that, that just to get that sewn into us, that reality of what else is happening. So I'm just so thankful. Well, I want to take up an offering for Matthew. He had expenses to come down here to Dallas. This is good soil. Uh, you want to sow into good soil. Really, guys, tonight, I, I just want to be honest. I would love it if you'd do something silly and give him a ton of money. I mean, I, I would just love if we were able to sow in a bunch of money and him to, like, cry. And so uh, I would just love for us to sow lavishly. So we've got a number of different ways that we can give tonight. We can do uh, cash or check in the bucket online. You know how to do that. 
credit cards in the back with uh, Christy and then also Cash App. If you do the Cash App uh, tonight, just say for Matthew or for Matt and, uh, and we'll, we'll make sure that he gets it, okay? I'm going to pray and then I, I just want us to give. If, if you're able to sow, I promise you this. Matthew Lilly is good soil and he is doing a good work for King Jesus. Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus tonight for generosity to touch us. And that, Lord, we will be able to sow into your friend and your servant uh, in, in a fun way. Lord, I pray tonight, God, give us grace uh, that we could be a blessing. And thank you, God, for Matthew. We pray that, that tonight he would walk away blessed as he's blessed us. In Jesus' name. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.